Sasquatch, the moon landing, UFOs, 9-11, Flat Earth, JFK. All of these things have one thing in common, unanswered questions. So let's get to the bottom of that. Three strong men from the East rise from the ashes of censorship and cancel culture. From the strange and twisted mind of Mike. Probably the best evidence for lizard people that I've seen is the CEO of Pfizer. His throat literally like expands like it's like a frog. Might be reptilian. We're not sure. From the unscripted and unthoughtful mind of Jason. The Chinese brought these drones that look like birds to the United States so they can spy on us. Birds aren't real. Change my mind. Alex Jones said it. It's a fact. Also, from the mind that is on the edge of the lunatic fringe and reaches far into a bottomless void of nothingness. Byron Dice. Listen, if the moon landing was real, how come we haven't been back since then? And why was all the data scrubbed and destroyed? You know what I'm talking about? It's just weird. Wait, what if it was real and there's a moon base up there we don't even know about? That would explain Roswell. Dice Man Enterprises exclusively presents a talk show that will get to the bottom of things once and for all. And now here's your host for Let's Get to the Bottom of That three weirdos on a mic what's up welcome into another episode of let's get to the bottom of that it's the three weirdos on a mic the ones that you have loved and come to trust yo 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 to get all you what's up jason what's up? okay today we have mike he is out of studio he is via phone but jason is in studio uh what's up fellas uh, you know, just here, living the dream. Okay, this is episode number five, if I'm not mistaken. Last week, we did the triangle, and the week before that, we did January 6th. I'm just kind of recapping for the audience. I just want to tell the audience real quick, uh, I did upload already January 6th to my YouTube channel, this YouTube channel, and it's not even published, but they took it down. They took it and down. And said, since this is the first violation... Uh, we're just removing it. We're not doing you a strike, but the next time we're going to do you give you a strike, Unbelievable. Uh, a, a strike. It's but it is. It's still. A, uh, yeah, right. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. Which is which is kind of strange to me because if you listen to the Biden family, I actually said in honor of free speech, I think the election was stolen. I said that on the Biden yep, thing. You, you did say that. Yeah. Yes. And that was one of the reasons that they took it down was because of misinformation. On the Biden one? On the Biden no, no, no. On January 6th, okay, okay. they said, here's your reason is because uh, you said something the happened. Election was yeah. The election was there was a different outcome. Wow. You can't. So yeah, that's YouTube, crazy. YouTube has fully embraced censorship at this point. So I don't think we will have a home on that platform for no. very long. I would agree with you. Um, well, uh, let's see. I, I don't know if you've listened to uh, any of our episodes that have been published, but I will say this. Um, I sound like a bumbling idiot. I can't put words together. I'm mispronouncing stuff. So I'm like, good Lord. Remember what drama mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, I can't talk on this show. Oh what is happening that, anyway? For that reason that I have not, I have not listened Okay. I just, one, I don't like the sound of my voice to begin with. I never have. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> when you start when you start out the intro, the Chinese. Yeah, the Chinese. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, uh, today um, our topic is the Federal Reserve. That my is what we are getting to the bottom of today. Um, since we have Mike via phone uh, today. Uh, we're having some trouble with my mixer, and I'm going to play this clip, and I'm sorry, Mike, if you can't hear it, um, but it is Peter Joseph. <laughs> Maybe you can listen to it uh, some other time and comment. I, I don't know why it, you can't hear it, but uh, I think okay. Jason, Jason can hear yeah, it. Yeah, I can hear Just it. let it roll, and we'll see if I can hear it on my end. If not, um, just give me like a little synopsis at the end of it, and we can we can riff on it. Okay, so here's what I'll, here's, I'm playing a clip from Peter Joseph, which is he's done documentaries. Uh, on Federal Reserve, 9-11, stuff like that. And I thought it was interesting to go ahead and listen to this, kind of get our mindset about what we're about to talk about in today's episode. Right, right, right. So it's kind of a prologue of what we're going to be doing today because it's pretty deep, and it's pretty, it's pretty uh, 
Yeah, it's pretty deep. Yeah. It's pretty deep. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now, and we will be back on the other side of this clip. Society today is composed of a series of institutions. From political institutions, legal institutions, religious institutions, to institutions of social class, familial values, and occupational specialization, it is obvious the profound influence these traditionalized structures have in shaping our understandings and perspectives. Yet, of all the social institutions we are born into, directed by, and conditioned upon, there seems to be no system as taken for granted and misunderstood as the monetary system. Taking on nearly religious proportions, the established monetary institution exists as one of the most unquestioned forms of faith there is. How money is created, the policies by which it is governed, and how it truly affects society are unregistered interests of the great majority of the population. In a world where 1% of the population owns 40% of the planet's wealth, in a world where 34,000 children die every single day from poverty and preventable diseases, and where 50% of the world's population lives on less than $2 a day, one thing is clear, something is very wrong. And whether we are aware of it or not, the lifeblood of all of our established institutions, and thus society itself, is money. Therefore, understanding this institution of monetary policy is critical to understanding why our lives are the way they are. Unfortunately, economics is often viewed with confusion and boredom. Endless streams of financial jargon coupled with intimidating mathematics quickly deters people from attempts at understanding it. However, the fact is, the complexity associated with the financial system is a mere mask designed to conceal one of the most socially paralyzing structures humanity has ever endured. All right, I thought I would just leave that on, on you know, ominous, ominous music right there. Yeah, I like Real, it. yeah. yeah. So uh, that is the clip from in, in those stats he was bringing out. That that was back in two thousand eight. Whoa, 2008. So that, I, I'm that sure like, that that has increased. Right. Those statistics he was he was throwing out right there. Mike, could you hear that at all? Sorry. So I think I was able to hear it until you muted the line. So I heard society today is comprised of, and then it just went went off. Oh, maybe that's because I muted your mic. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, society today is comprised of. <laughs> let, let me just say this before we get started. Go ahead. I, I was telling the guys this, uh, and I told Byron this, actually. Uh, money isn't real. Changed my mind. Yeah. As a joke. And yeah, then, Right. And I was then, serious. And then the more I researched and dove into this topic, I am now convinced money isn't real. Money is not real. And we're going to talk about that because we're, I'm going to go uh, into depth of how money is created and you will find out how to get to the bottom of that because you will come to the conclusion that money is not real. It's also not real. Money is debt. Yep. Money. And debt equals money. And that's how they enslave yep. society. So let's let's go ahead and get to the bottom of that. I'm going to read some quotes here from you, uh, from these guys here. These are presidents, mayors, people like that. And then uh, we can we can share our thoughts about these these quotes and then get into it. Now, today's show is called the Federal Reserve. And also it's called I'm. I'm I'm subtopping it with topicking. I told you I can't talk. It's okay. Uh, don't mind the men behind the curtain. I like it. That's that's it. That is good. It's the Spooky. men behind the curtain. You know what? When you go into the bank, you see in the tellers, they're just doing their job. Those are just surface level people. Those aren't the people behind the curtain. There are men behind the curtain. So let's go a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Now, mind you, I'm going to give these, I'm going to give dates. He, he died in 1919. Okay, so here's a quote. He was the 26th U.S. president. And I don't know how to pronounce this word. Ostenable? I think I got that right. I don't know. I, I think you did. Okay, yeah. behind ostenable government sits enthroned and invisible government, owing no allegiance and acknowledging no responsibility to the people. Ooh. End quote. Wow. He knew it. So let's go with... John F. Hyland, he died in 1936. He was the mayor of New York City. I'm not sure when his term was, but he said the real menace of our republic is the invisible government 
the Cotier, probably messed that up too, the Cotier of powerful international bankers virtually runs the United States government for their own selfish purposes, end quote. What, what date was that? Uh, he died in 1936. I'm not sure 36. when he was the mayor. John wow. F. Highland. I'm sure somebody could look that up when he, when he did his term in, in New York City. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, which was the fifth cousin of uh, Theodore. Theodore. Yeah. Right. Uh, he was the 32nd president, and he died in 1945. Okay? Quote, the real truth of the matter is that a financial element in the large centers has owned the government since the days of Andrew Jackson, end quote. And we're going to talk about Andrew Jackson and why that person is important uh, later on. Uh, Also, Sir Josiah Stamp, he died in 1941. He gave a speech at the University of Texas in 1927. He said banking was conceived in iniquity and was born in sin. Wow. Jeez. (laughs) And born in sin, the bankers own the earth. If you wish to remain the slaves of bankers and pay the cost of your own slavery, let them continue to create money, end quote. Wow, that was straight to the jugular right there. (laughs) Yeah, that's a powerful quote. Wow, that is huge. And then um, I like this quote here from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. He died in 1832. And this is way back. This is the 1800s. Um, that was 18. Okay, yeah. That's uh, tell them I call them back. That's my bankers. <laughs> That's the bankers. Um, <laughs> uh, here's the quote from Johann Wolfgang: "None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe that they are free." Wow. wow. I'm just these these quote. I'm telling There's you. There's a theme here. Uh, There's <laughs> a theme. Uh, yeah, slavery, freedom. Yeah. Are you really free? Money. Uh, it's false. Yeah. So, um, real quick. So, those are the quotes. You can see that there, there's people that have come before us that have warned us against what we are dealing with in today's society today. And the reason I say that is because they throw around figures like, hey, we're going to print a trillion dollars. We're going to put a trillion dollars into the money supply. We're going to give a trillion dollars to Ukraine. We're going to do this, this. And people are just disconnected. They don't understand exactly what is happening with the men behind the curtain. Exactly. So let's go back to... Let's go back to... 1775. Well, let's go back before that. You want to go? Okay, go ahead. Let's go back before that to this whole idea of a central banking system. Yeah. Um, 19... It was... No, I'm sorry. 1609. um, The Netherlands, they were... They were in a state of financial uh, trouble, and a central bank concept actually transformed Netherlands into uh, an economic global powerhouse. And so for a while, they were, until uh, the English were like, oh, wow, I like this idea. We can do that too. So I think um, it was in 1694, um, the English replicated and then became that um that powerhouse and was the dominant banking system in the world so the central bank of england right that's where they came from they came that from Mm -hmm. the dutch yeah the idea came from the dutch first and then the english replicated it um and then and then that kind of propelled us i I think uh in america um to where we are now because of the ideas stemmed from netherlands and into the english and then when we the revolution happened um we kind of replicated England's ideas. Um, and I know that it was, it wasn't, it wasn't something that the colonies wanted to do. No, they they were against it. Um, and even, even during, during when Alexander Hamilton was alive, he he was, he was for it. He's like, we need this. We need this to become, uh, one of the major players on the global stage. And the concept kept on coming up and then, going back down, coming back up. And it's, it's been happening for a very long time until it was, was it 1913? When yeah, was, the Federal Reserve. When, and, yeah, when our, our central federal, bank yeah, is When it was kind of like established and it's been kept since then. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I will piggyback on that with um, what you're talking about because the colonies uh, that started the American Revolution in 1775, that's when the war began. Now, there's many reasons that's been cited for 
you know, wanting to break away from a tyrannical monarch. But one of the reasons sticks out in my mind, which is what our topic is today, and that's because the the colonies that wanted to detach from the English monarch, uh, King George the Third was in charge of of Britain at that time. Now he outlawed <clears throat> the colonies, started creating independent debt free currency for themselves. They started doing that themselves. King George heard about it. He said, no, sir. No, sir. He outlawed that concept, which made the colonies have to borrow from the Central Bank of England, which you just referred to from the Dutch. So when they had to do that, that immediately caused economic hardship and despair for the colonies. Okay? So that was one of the principal causes for the American Revolution that rose up. No, we're not going to play this game, King George. I'm sorry. Go get my musket and my dagger. Okay? <laughs> we're going to the front line. Now, even I will say this. Even though in 1783 we won our independence from England, it's still sad we have not won the battle of the Central Bank, even though we won our <laughs> independence from them. Somehow the Central Bank still got its clutches onto the American society. Did you? Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's some prominent key figures in that, and um, I'm going to punt it over to Mike. Probably you want to talk about the Rockefellers. Yeah, we can talk about the inception of the um, Federal Reserve Bank, but um, kind of piggybacking off what you just said, yeah, we've basically been at war with the idea of central banking long before the Federal Reserve came into existence. Right. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there, there have been central banks established before the Federal Reserve in this country. Um, Andrew Jackson was one of the presidents that was major against that, and he actually abolished the central bank that was in, in play at that time. I can't remember the name of it. Do one of you guys have that in your notes? Uh, Andrew Jackson created the greenback. That's okay. what that's what yeah. and that's what we used and we he actually that was the first time and the last time that this country has ever been out of debt. Yeah, we under Andrew Jackson, yeah, I think it was back in the um early 1800s, yeah, he had us completely out of debt. Which you know, since then we have just been running wild with debt. Um, All right, let me yeah, keep talking. Let me see if I can find that exact uh date on the um on my notes here. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, so let's kind of get into some of the origins of the um, Federal Reserve here. So I'll start off with the pretext because, you know, when you look back at the Federal Reserve and how it was created and everything, the entire thing is pretty uh, conspiratorial and uh, very scandalous. So let's get into it. So Go. The, the event that kind of kicked everything off is known as the Panic of 1907. Right. And yep. in early 1907, Jacob Schiff, who was the CEO of the uh, investment bank Kuhn, Leb & Co., warned everybody, he said, unless we have a central bank with adequate control of credit resources, this country is going to undergo the most severe and far-reaching money panic in history. He said this in early 1907. And then later that year, in October, it was actually J.P. Morgan that set into motion the crisis that led to the creation of the Federal Reserve, the Panic of 1907. And what he did is he began spreading rumors that the Knickerbocker Trust Company, which is a, a Morgan competitor and one of the largest financial institutions in the United States at the time, was actually insolvent. He was spreading rumors about that. And what this did is it caused a massive run on the banks with people wanting to exchange their banknotes for gold and silver, and many of the banks could not meet this demand, causing them to go under. Because, I mean, this was like everybody was running to the bank. Right, they were in panic. It was all in panic. Yeah. Right, and this brought so many banks down and really consolidated all of the banking power into J.P. Morgan's hands. And this resulted in a crash where the New York Stock Exchange lost 50% of its value and unemployment went from under 3% to over 8%. So this provided the perfect context for setting up a central bank that would allegedly solve all of these problems. Solve everything. Right. 
curious well, answer too. Well, here's uh, so I'm going to ask you a question based on what I, you just told me. Uh, before that, there were banks in place, and they would fall. But what what was the what was the currency before 1913? Yeah, so that was that's a good question. So, um, you know, most banks were issuing their own currency, and you know, these were just called banknotes. And um, a lot of them were backed by either, you know, like a, a bond of some kind or by precious metals like gold and silver. Oh, okay. Um, so it yep. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't real debt. The, the banks before 1913, they were like, hey, yeah, you can use this currency instead of. So I guess before then it was like if me and Jason like, hey, I, I want to buy those chickens. And you said, well, I'll take five gold bars for them. Oh, hold on a second. Let me give you. And I gave him five gold bars. To him, that was value, and that was the way he was able to get something. Maybe he could go buy some more chickens with the, the right. gold I gave you. So the banks came up with a system, said, "Hey, you know what? Instead of the gold, let's just make this paper." Yeah, is that kind of the concept there? Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. But, well, you and, had to trust the bank that the bank had it. Like, you no, know, the bank said, "Here, take this paper. We have the gold. Right. Trust us. It's back there." <laughs> It's Try, back there in it's, some kind of You box. see that big vault with the, 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 the pirate ship wheel on it? Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Can we look at it? No, 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 no. That's our vault. Right. Just, just trust us. Trust us. The paper's good. Yeah, the paper's good. So anyway, so that was the system. And then um, I forgot the guy's name, but he created a panic. J.P. So every, Morgan. Everybody was like, oh, J.P. Morgan did that. So created a panic, and then everybody went, and, oh, I want my gold back because – I'm making a run. I want all the stuff, the value that I wanted because right. of this. And then, and then we're like, you know what? We need a central bank because we don't want we this. Don't have the gold we don't, we don't want this out. to, ha- we don't want this to happen again. Right. We don't want them yep. to ask for this. All right. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It, it basically caused everybody to, you know, lose confidence in their money, run in on the banks and go get whatever gold and silver they could, you know, trading in their bank notes. And that's what's known as the panic of 1907. <clears throat> so now, if we go forward a few years, we're, we're getting into the formation of the Federal Reserve now. So now we're in 1910, and under the cover of darkness on November 22nd, some of the most powerful men in America were quietly boarding a private rail car in Hoboken, New Jersey. And the owner of this rail car was Senator Nelson Aldrich, who is the father-in-law of the billionaire heir to the Rockefeller dynasty, John D. Rockefeller Jr., so we're starting to hear some familiar names here. Yeah. Um, and on board that rail car was Senator Nelson Aldrich, who was a central figure on the um, Senate Finance Committee, where he oversaw the nation's monetary policy. Ooh. Uh, A.P.I. Andrew, who was the Assistant Secretary of the Treasury. Frank A. Vanderlip, who is the president of the National City Bank of New York at the time. Uh, Henry P. Davidson, who is a senior partner of J.P. Morgan Company, and Benjamin Strong Jr., who is an associate of J.P. Morgan and president of the Bankers Trust Co. So you have this, you know, rail car with some of what they say the who's who of the financial world all in the same place at the same time, and they were instructed to arrive one by one after sunset to attract as little attention as possible. And all of the men only used their first names during the entire journey to maintain as much secrecy as they possibly could. Mm. Uh, so you can see, you know, strange stuff going on. Okay. Gotcha. They're on the and, rail car. Yep. And their destination was the secluded Jekyll Island, which is off the, co- the coast of Georgia. They could have and picked a better called- Island. That's a terrible name. Jekyll Island? Yeah, there's suspicious going on over here. Yeah, isn't Jekyll Island? That's still a thing, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's home to the prestigious Jekyll Island Hunt Club, which is owned by J.P. Morgan, whose membership includes, you know, some of the wealthiest individuals, the Rockefellers, the Warburgs, the Rothschilds, all of them, wow. you know. And, you know, some local reporters did catch wind of this. You know, people were aware of what was going on. And when local reporters inquired about what was going on, when you see all these powerful men meeting together, they were telling everybody that they were there to go duck hunting. So that, uh, that is what that? they were telling people. Duck hunting? Duck hunting. Wow. Okay. Yes. 
But in reality, over the course of their nine-day retreat at this Jekyll Island Club, what they were doing was secretly drafting the complete reform of the American banking industry in the form of the Federal Reserve Act. Um, so that's what they were doing. And basically what the Federal Reserve Act was is it basically allowed this banking cartel to draft up their own rules and regulations. And um, this eventually got passed into law, signed by Woodrow Wilson in December 1913. And what it did was essentially let them create a set of rules that made it possible for themselves to regulate their own industry and went even beyond that by granting themselves the authority to issue the nation's money. So, you know, it, it went through the Senate. Um, uh, and it got shot down like one time, but then they kind of like pushed it forward with a different senator and it, it, it got passed. And uh, Woodrow Wilson was basically, you know, threatening people to pass it. And 1913 in December is when it finally went through. And the Federal Reserve was created. And the Federal Reserve was created. And, you know, the aftermath of that is just history. You know, we now have a privately owned central bank with the authority to loan money that it creates out of thin air to the government. And then the government has to pay back that loan at interest. That's so, right. <clears throat> yep. Since the inception of the Federal Reserve, the dollar has lost 97% of its purchasing power, and the U.S. debt currently, around the time of recording this podcast, is about $31 trillion. <laughs> that's and that's, that's where we're at right now. And, um, you know, a lot of people, when you talk about this topic with, you know, friends and family, people, you know, they're very unaware of this because, you know, the Federal Reserve, they assume it's like a government bank. Right. It's not it is not a government bank. It's no. not controlled by Congress. It is a privately owned central bank controlled by the elite financiers for their own interest. Right. That's what the Federal Reserve is. And they say and, that it's for the American people to combat inflation or if there's a depression. It's the very cause of inflation. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's the guys they use. They use that. Well, they were the, pretty smart in saying using the word federal. Yeah, that's true. Because it tricked a lot. Yep. I mean, people usually think, oh, it's a federal. Right. Oh, remember that? What, what was that dude's name? Uh, Greenspan? Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan. Alan oh, Greenspan. the Fed. I'm making interest. You'd always see him walking across the. the yeah. I was like, when is this guy? Is he is he dead yet? Well, he was old. He was during Bill Clinton's. And why, yeah. And why are you choosing what the interest rate's going to be? It was just, it's a facade. Yeah, it is a facade. Anyway. All right, go ahead. Sorry, right. sorry Mike. Go ahead. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, that's basically how everything was formed. And, you know, the Federal Reserve, these elite people have complete control in their hands. They're able to, like you guys mentioned, they control interest rates. They can control inflation, the printing of money. And, you know, they basically have taken control of the depression and prosperity of the United States. They can, you know, change the entire economy as they see fit. Um, and that's a huge problem. Yeah, and, right. you know. Like the, a couple of those statistics that I just went over, you know, our, our debt is over $31 trillion now. I mean, that just goes to show you from the time Andrew Jackson had us zeroed out, had our debt down to zero, we have now gone to $31 trillion since that time. Yeah. That's crazy. The greenback. Yep. Um, well, yep. okay. So um, anything else to add? Because I'm just going to kind of bullet point uh, some of the things you just covered. Yeah, I guess one last thing I can go over yeah, is go basically, ahead. you know, we, we covered that it's a private institution. So private institutions have shareholders, right? Right. Um, right. So the shareholders of the Fed, you know, they remain largely a mystery. But there's a book out there called The Secrets of the Federal Reserve by Eustace Mullins, where he was able to identify who some of the largest shareholders are. And I'm going to read some of them right oh, here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to hear some familiar names. Um so the Rothschild Banks of London and Berlin, they are the majority shareholder of the Federal Reserve. A shocker. And, yep. You know, you guys in our audience, you know, we've heard that name a million times, Rothschild, you know, so we're, we're well aware of who they are. You have the Warburg Bank of Hamburg and Amsterdam, Goldman Sachs of New York, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, and the Lazard Brothers Bank of Paris. So these, these are the ones he was able to identify, but... Um, yeah. I'm sure there are more shareholders that we are unaware of. Um, but yeah, you see JP Morgan Chase, the Rothschild banks, some of these 
you know, names that you hear quite a lot when you're talking about conspiracies. Oh, definitely. Th- those are definitely the um, the masterminds behind the central bank, and they've left it for their children. Because it yeah, de- these, are, it de- these are the men behind the curtain. For yeah, sure. these are the men behind the curtain. I mean, it definitely whoever the first uh, Rothschild and the, and the Morgans were, it's their children's children's legacy because they're owning it now because those guys are dead. And I wouldn't consider it a conspiracy. I mean, it's just these are facts. These are facts that yeah. these people are shareholders, and it's a fact that what the Federal Reserve does and how it was created, these are things that aren't, that aren't, that you can't, just make up you know uh, right these aren't conspiracy theories i don't think in that regard i think that no it's definitely not a theory yeah and i don't think they're well, i'd say well if you're conspiring to do something to the american i would say it is a conspiracy because yeah, they are so. definitely conspiring yeah to enslave an entire population yeah that's true with economics yeah that's absolutely true. and all the money funnels right to them you know like when uh you guys were mentioning a minute ago that you know all this money that gets created by the federal reserve out of thin air gets loaned to the government at interest and all that interest, the payments on that interest go straight to them. So when we're paying our federal income tax before that can be used for like, you know, military, anything else, it has to go to service that interest at some level. So that money is going straight to these elite bankers. Yeah, definitely. All right. I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to kind of bullet point some of the things you just mentioned uh, of course, um, I'm just I'm kind of going to go kind of definition style. So central bank, just for those who are listening, we just went over. This is a concept. And what it is, it's an institution that issues and regulates the currency of an entire nation. So it doesn't have to be here. These central banks is a concept like Jason mentioned all the way back to 1609 with the Dutch. OK, that's the central bank. Now, the central bank of the United States is uh, called the Federal Reserve, which Mike just mentioned it was created in 1913. Now, um, several years ago, <clears throat> the central bank, the Fed, created a document called Money Modern, Modern Money Mechanics. You guys heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It is a booklet basically to describe the, the process on how to create money in a fractional banking system. Okay? It's basically... It's the guidebook on here's how we do this. So it's all it's all very legal, and it's here's how we do this. It's not hidden, so it's almost like here's what we're doing. So wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that they have a instructional booklet to yes. tell you how to create money that's not real. This yes. So oh, yep. so here's here's how it here's how it states in this book. So the the U.S. government decides it needs some money. So I'm just going second grade on people right now. Okay. So they decide they need some money. So they call up the Federal Reserve and they make a request for, let's say, $10 million. Let's say $10 billion, okay? And the Fed says, sure, we'll do that for you. So what they do is they buy $10 billion worth of government bonds from the government. So the Fed says, yeah, we'll give you 10, but we're going to buy these bonds from you. So the government takes some fancy pieces of paper and they make it look all official and they print them up and they call them treasury bonds, Absolutely worth nothing. It's just paper, okay? It's official. So they assign a value to these bonds to the tune of $10 billion. Yes. Okay? So they take their suitcase, and they take it over to the Fed, and the Fed goes, oh, okay, here's the bonds. So what does the Fed do? They print up some fancy design paper paper that looks official. Some more fake stuff. Yeah. And they call them, yes, it's on your dollar bill. It's called a Federal Reserve Note. That's on your dollar bill, okay? It's not hidden. So they they print these and create these, and they also designate a value of $10 billion. So they make the exchange, okay? So here's where it gets funny. Once the exchange is made, the government then takes the $10 billion of Federal Reserve notes, and they deposit it into a bank account, okay? So they take... Look, 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 look. Okay, so yeah, so they follow. take all this... Fake money that was just paper, printed up out of thin air. Yep. That just has words on it. Yep. Paper that has words on has it. Has a fancy decal and, and, a, and they, a president on it. Right. And they say, you know what? I'm going to lock this up in this safe over here. But here's why they do it. This, this, is what, this, is, this is how it works. So upon the deposit into the bank account, this Federal Reserve now bec- the Federal Reserve notes now become tender legal money 
for the money supply. So what they've just done is they've added $10 billion to the U.S. money supply by putting it into a bank account, okay? So there you have it. That's how $10 billion was just created out of nothing, okay? That's, how, that's yep, just simple. Just create some fancy pieces of paper back and forth, that's all. That's simple. Now, what I've described uh, is a generalization. In reality, this is all done digitally. Yes. There's no suitcase walking over no, to the Fed. Not anymore. Um, and here's a stat for you. Only 3% of the money supply exists at paper physical money. 3%. 97% of all money is now digital. A keystroke. Yeah. Just a so, keystroke. What does this mean? The government bonds are by design instruments of debt. Why? Because they're saying we got to pay this back. So when the Fed purchases these bonds with money that was created out of thin air, the government is promising to pay back that money to the Fed. In other words, money was created out of debt. Right. So they created money out of thin air. They said, here's this money that's not real. You now owe us also fake money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It is mind-boggling. Wow. Okay, so... Now let's let's dig a little deeper into this uh, the money, modern money mechanics document. According to the fractional reserve practice, once new money is deposited into a commercial bank account, that ten billion dollars instantly becomes part of the bank's reserves. So you're you're Mister Whatever Bank. That's my reserves now. Now the reserve requirements, as stated in this document, modern money mechanics, the reserve requirements. Um, uh, let's see. Did I write this wrong here? The uh, the reserve requirements against most transactions are ten percent. Okay, that's that's their that's their thing. This means that for every deposit that ever occurs into the banking system, about nine times of that amount can be created out of thin air. Now you got the banks; they can do this as well. This is how the money supply is expanded. So once they get a deposit, they can take nine times of that reserve. And expand it out of thin air. Wow. So you got the Fed creating it, giving it to the government. Now the bank, oh, I've got actual documentation that says this is how my fractional reserve system works. I can create another nine times uh, of money supply out of thin air. Okay, so you're probably asking, well, (laughs) what is giving this new money value? That's a good question, right? What is this? The money, here's what's giving it value. The money supply that's already in existence out in the, in the real world, like the, like the dollar bills in your wallet. Right. That's what gives the new money value. So you follow me? I'm following you. So yep. the total pool of money that's being increased, irrespective to the demands of goods and services, um, as the supply of goods and services do an equilibrium, what happens is, the prices start to rise, then the purchasing power of each individual dollar drops. This is what's generally called inflation. What's that? <laughs> are we experiencing that now? So here, we inflation are. is basically a hidden tax on the public. Why did it? Why is inflation here? Because they created money out of thin air to give to, and all. they increased the money supply, and the goods and services didn't have a demand for it. So we have inflation. Right. So it's, 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 a, it's the biggest scam in the history it's, of the world. It's the biggest scam. Okay. It really is. And it's crazy that more people don't, are not aware of this, you know, because the magnitude of what you just described is insane when you think about it. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. So I, from before we dove into this this past week and started researching, my uh, – my idea of how the Federal Reserve worked and like how the dollar was backed up was my impression was it was backed up by precious metals like gold. Right? I think it used to be. Yeah. When did that it did change? Used to be. When did, did that what, change? There's something. Did you have any research on the gold standard, Mike? Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure when that ended. I think the gold standard did end in the 19 teens, sometime like right before the. Um, federal reserve was passed it might be when the federal reserve act was passed let me uh i i remember them trying to not here recently there was and i need to research this maybe in a part two that they they 
wanted to put the gold standard back on. I've, like recently. I heard, yes, yes I've heard something. 20 years. Yeah, I've heard yes, something. Yes, 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 yes. Because they wanted to oh, remove it. you know it. what? Yeah, go ahead. I was actually wrong. So we were on the gold standard until 1971. So that's my mistake. So yeah, President Richard Nixon is the one that took us off of the um, gold standard and, um, you know, basically turned it into a fiat currency. There we go. So we had, so here's what we, so let's timeline that real quick. 1913, we got a, a central bank created called the Fed. And the supposed thing that I just quoted you, all this money, how it's created, was actually backed by a gold standard. I'm not sure how that works, but 1971, Nixon took us off. I remember talking about people, and he's like, hey, turn in your gold, everything, uh, put all your gold in the bank or something like it was a big run on the banks or something with gold right um uh but i th- i think we're not we're still in fiat right mike yeah yeah we're off the gold standard we've been off of it since 1971 okay all right so um when and so basically when you expand the money supply without expanding goods and services you debase the currency that's the bottom line that's what's happening today right so the two yeah. years that biden has been in position He's created tons of money from the Fed to okay. to get to put more money into the supply. Goods and services haven't increased, so we've got this tons of inflation. That's why gas yeah. is up. That's why prices, all this stuff. Yeah, I think it started because of the pandemic when they were printing all that money for all of us to have. That yeah, was, and, and, and nobody was, and they right. shut small businesses and everything, down. Everything was closed. Goods and services could not produce. Right. So we couldn't keep yep. up. Yeah, that's why we're exactly. here. Exactly. So the bottom line is talking about uh, the creation of money. Every single dollar in your wallet is owed to somebody, by it's not, somebody. It's not yours. It's all it's all debt. Yep. So let's go here. The only way money can come into existence is from loans. You see what I'm saying? So the government says, "Hey, I need ten billion. Okay, we'll loan it to you because of the the treasury bonds you created for us. It's a loan." What do you have to do at the bank when you want to get money? Loans. That's how it's created. Um, also, this is a good quote here from Mariner Aerosols. I don't know. I, I don't know how I just butchered that name. It's all right. His name's uh, whatever. We'll call him M.E. M.E. Uh, he was the governor of the Federal Reserve, September 30th, 1941. He made this quote. If there were no debts in our money system, there would not be any money. Wow. So if everything was paid off, there was no debt, there would be no money in existence. It, we wouldn't need it. Right. Yeah, because, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, basically. You know, the amount of money in circulation is always going to be less than the amount of money or the debt and the interest that we owe. Always. You know, because yeah. when you, using your example where, you know, $10 billion is loaned to the government and added into the circulation um that is loan to interest but where does the money come from to basically cover that interest it doesn't exist it doesn't exist at all it doesn't exist that leads me to um my my next bullet point is since all this money and i'm going to piggyback what you just said since all this money is created out of it out of debt and circulated randomly through commerce the people american working people like us have become detached of the original intent of that money because it's debt. They've become detached. They just think it's regular currency. I'm going to go buy some bread. They don't think it's debt. Right. So what's that do? It forces them to compete for labor in the workforce in order to pull enough out of the money supply that exists in order to cover the cost of living. Hello, slavery. Yep. (laughs) Um, I will say this. Um, because you mentioned Andrew Jackson in the last time that it was complete, it was 1835 uh, when he shut down the, the, the federal bank was the federal. I'm not sure what it was called, but the central bank that preceded the fed, there was still one in place. Andrew shut it down. Here's a quote from him. He said, the bold efforts the present bank has made to control the government, but are premonitions of the fate that awaits the American people should they be diluted into a perpetuation of this institution or an establishment of another like it? Do I need to break yeah. that down for people? 
he, he was warning us. Yep. Yeah. So as long as this institution exists, perpetual debt is guaranteed, which is the Fed. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, here, here's, yeah, like you just said, Mike, there, um, the application of interest can never be paid back because there'll never be enough money supply to cover it. Yeah. Yep. And what's so, interesting but, enough, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. So, yeah, the debt is just, it has nowhere to go but up, basically. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. Oh, I was, yeah. was going to say, just, I was thinking about what you said a minute ago, Byron, about how it is, you're equating it to, to slavery, and, and it is, because... Think about it. The more money you have, what does money really do? It buys you more freedom, freedom of time, freedom to do what you want, freedom to go where you want, to buy what you want. That's freedom. Yeah. When, when you don't have enough and you are slave to the lender, slave to your job, slave to the money cycle. Yeah. Um, that's just, you just stay in this perpetual state of, of bondage. But when you do have enough money, when you pull enough money out of circulation. Yes. There right? you go. Yeah then it allows you to to be free, freer in a sense. Or maybe it's the illusion of freedom. Well, well, let me add, so let's let's talk about that. So what is the percentage of people that get what you just stated? 1% is another 1%? Yeah, that, right. It's not very many. It's not very many. So it's like you got yep. this 99% scratching and clawing to get money out of the, the supply that's there to get to where, oh, I want that yacht. Yeah. I want I want to travel off the coast of Barcelona. Right. Who are those people? <sighs> Not me. Not I. Not I. Okay. They are the stakeholders of the Federal Reserve, probably. Yes, yes that's the Rothschilds. His kids, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't doubt that Bezos is on the board. Oh, I'm Bill sure. Gates is on the board. Oh, I'm sure. Um, let's go here real quick. Let's talk about the greenback. You guys heard about the greenback? Yes. Oh, so here's what I was going to say. Everything we've been talking about, the Rothschilds, the creation of this, the, the thing is, is why? That's the question we need to get. Why? Power. So, President Lincoln created an independent debt-free currency called the Greenback. You can look it up. Yep. Independent bankers from Europe and the U.S. circulated a document stating... Okay, this is stated in July 1862, and I quote, this is from bankers, slavery is but the owning of labor and carries with it the care of the laborers. While the European plan is that capital shall control labor by controlling wages, this cannot be done by controlling the money it will not do to allow the greenback as we cannot control that. Wow. The bankers could not control the greenback, so that's why they had to shut that down. the greenback down. So the fractional, yep. re- the fractional reserve policy perpetrated by the Federal Reserve, uh, which has spread in practice to the great majority of banks in the world, is in fact a, a system of modern slavery. Yeah. Uh, because money is created out of debt. What do people do that are in debt? They submit to employment, which you just mentioned, to pay it off. So what happens is the fear of losing assets coupled with the struggle to keep up with everybody, uh, with the perpetual debt and inflation, um, this keeps the, the wage slave in line. So yeah. we put more money. That's why they put more money in the, mm-hmm. in the supply. We need to keep the wage slavers in, 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 in line. So... These economic slaves are the one powering the empire. So if you, if you bring it down to ground level, we're powering this empire this by machine, doing what yeah. we're doing every day when we go to work, when we're doing whatever, um, because the ones that benefit are the elites at the top. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because yep. at, the, at the end of the day, who are you really working for? The banks. Money's created in the bank, and inevitably, that's, that's where it ends up. so wild. Back in the bank. Create. I mean, I'm going to create my own currency. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's what Bitcoin is and all the, um, you know, cryptocurrency. That's all just digital money that's not real. Yeah, that's not real. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think uh, like we talked about um, earlier, I think me and Mike had a conversation about uh, somebody trying to remove any barter. Because if you think about it, 
if you wanted to get, you know, and I think about, um, uh, oh, what's their name? They live on the farm. Used to, they still go to our church. Uh, they own a farm out there. It's called the Carrot Farm. Ah, I don't know. Tanya. Tanya Schneider. Schneider. The Schneiders. They live on the farm. They've completely unplugged. Right. They have goats, cows, pigs, chickens, whatever. They're, they're trying to build their own little empire right there on the farmland. And uh, she, she sells goat milk, goat stuff, you know, candles and... Goat meat. Yeah, whatever. I mean, so they're trying to, even though they're still in a system, they have that stuff. And typically, I mean, essentially, if they wanted to barter to, to get food, I mean, food is on the table with cows and pigs they right. own. If they wanted to increase that stock... They could go down to, they could either get money, currency, or if they didn't want to do that, they could barter. Right. Hey, give me your five chickens. I'll give you a cow. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So that's how people used, used to, to do it. Used to do it. Like if somebody went to a market and he had slaughtered a couple of cows to sell, um, probably the currency wasn't in, you know, back in the day, they would give them chickens right. or, or, or whatever. Here. Blankets. Here's some but blankets. I, I, yeah. Here. Yeah. Something that you need. Right. That's what you do. So I think Mike said something about they were trying to remove the barter system too. So even if yeah, we, we wanted were, to give get off of it, off of this crazy train called fake money, Mike said something about they're trying to get rid of the barter system. Yeah, that's we were kind of talking about like where all this goes, you know, because you know they already have such a level of control. Like, what's the next step? Like, what's the end game here? And um. You know, we we all know that they want, you know, all money to be digital. And that's obviously the direction we're heading in. 97% of it is digital. Um, And, you know, only 3% of it is cash and coins. Um, So we're already very close to that. And, um, you know, some of the people I listen to online and uh, some discussions I've heard basically say what they want to do, and this is going to get into sort of the conspiratorial aspects of it, is they want to basically put an RFID chip in everybody's hand and all of your money would be on that chip. And then basically if you ever did something or said something that, you know, they didn't like, they could just turn off your chip and you would not have access to your money. Wow. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Cause Jason, when you said that he kind of fell out in his chair, like he died. Yeah. Like I, I bet they could do that too. Yeah. Like shock your system. Mm hmm. Poison you. Yeah. Yep. Financial hitman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't exactly. like the way he was talking. Black mirror kind of stuff. I don't like the way he was there at January sixth. Take him out. I don't like he was talking yep. about it. Yeah, let's shut YouTube. his bank down. This dice guy? Who yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, wow. Turn him off. Yeah, Alex Jones, whatever. <laughs> Birds aren't real. That's crazy. Uh, well, think about it. Who I mean, people like us and Alex Jones, um, we're not gonna have the chip. We'll probably be getting nope. thrown on a black side before we get a chip. You choose death or chip. Yeah. I'm going to see Jesus. I'll see y'all later. I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the chip sounds an awful lot like the uh, mark of the beast when you think about it, because they would basically lock you out of society if you didn't have it. That's true. Because, yeah, the, the actual quote, quote from Revelation, and this is an exact quote. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, it's the mark of the beast is the number of a man. And without this number of this man, you cannot buy or sell or trade in, in this society. So I don't know what the man's number is, but it's 666. The yep. number of the beast. Hell and fire coming down for me. Wasn't Biden anyway, born June Don't 6, even start. 1966? <laughs> what? No, I don't know. Is that really? Right? That'd be crazy if he did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm going to go over a couple more bullet points and we can wrap it up. Um, banks are the true masters along with the corporations and the governments that they support. Okay. Uh, physical slavery requires people to house and feed. So if I had, if back in the day in the plantation, if you had slaves, you were required to take care of them. You had to feed them. You had to clothe them. You had to house them. Economic slaves. We got to feed ourselves. We got to house ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got to do it ourselves. So they've like, Hey, we're taking that off. So um, it is one of the most ingenious scams for social manipulation ever created. And at its core, it's an invisible war against the population called the Federal Reserve. Debt is the weapon used to conquer and enslave societies. And interest is its prime 
ammunition because we'll never get caught up. I remember one, you know, famous guy in history said the root of all evil is money. Who said that? No, that you got the quote wrong. Is it? It's the love of money. <laughs> oh, the love of money. The love of money. The Which, of money. Um, yep. well, because there is money, there's the love of money. Hello, J.D. Sure. Rockefeller. J.D. Rockefeller. Yeah. Um, yep. So that goes back to, and I think this ties into what you just said about the chip. As the majority of people like you and I walk around today oblivious to the reality of the banks and conclusions in collusion with the governments and corporations, um, what they do is they continue to perfect and expand their tactics of economic warfare, and they spawn like new bases. For instance, like probably they're talking about probably a one-world bank, like where there's just one Don't. bank for the entire world. One world order. Don't do it. Don't. I will leave everybody with this quote, then we can hash things out. This is from John Adams. He died in 1826. He said, there's two ways to conquer and enslave a nation. One is by the sword. The other is by debt. Dang. Yep. Powerful stuff. So that's, and, uh, that's all I got. Let's just talk about it. Don't we owe the Chinese? <laughs> just saying. I'm sure. A lot. I mean, it's all fake, though. It's all fake. I don't understand. Yeah, I've heard they own a lot of our yeah. uh, government bonds, so mm-hmm. they are the holders of some of this debt we're talking about. Majority of the um, debt, I believe. We, yeah, owe, we owe the Chinese? Yeah, we owe the Chinese, absolutely. They own, Wait a minute. They Did you just say they, they own government bonds? Treasury yeah. bonds? Yeah. Well, that's that's just printed on on fancy paper. And then they're yeah, that's true. So that mean, that that would mean they owe us. Well, they bought a whole bunch of our birds and <laughs> and, re- and replaced, and them, replaced with them with drones. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, that's how we're gonna do it. Oh man. Well, um, yeah. The, the one fa- interesting thing yeah, I ahead. have to add. So during my research and maybe we can get more into this because i think we'll probably have an episode two on the federal reserve given how much information there is out there i was reading a book called uh a history of central banking and the enslavement of mankind by stephen mitford goodson and um he is uh basically a banker from south africa that's the guy who wrote the book oh and he makes an argument in the book that any time throughout history where there was an assassination that took place, where, you know, the narrative is that it was a lone assassin, um, you sh- that the, there were banking interests involved in many of the cases. So we, we talked about greenbacks with Abraham Lincoln. We all know that he was assassinated. So there's, you know, a conspiracy theory about that, how John Wilkes Booth was involved with some of these banking elites. And, you know, countless others he, he lists out in the book. So, you know, JFK had problems with the Federal Reserve Bank. He got assassinated. Oh, Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah, Muammar Gaddafi. Um, you, we all know that he was killed. He wanted to set up a gold-backed currency in his country. Um, in Libya. And, yep. Yep. And, yeah, he was obviously killed. So, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of nefarious uh, acts. Um, you know, anytime someone tries to do something different than what this fractional reserve system currently is. Yeah, uh, you're right on the money right there. And that's probably a part two because nice pun. It's right on the money, right on the money. Yeah, that's like uh, it was intended um, that. Yeah, the next part of my research, which I didn't get into because it kind of got off topic of what uh, the Federal Reserve was and how to create money. But it's called um, economic hitmen. Mm. Yeah, they, we definitely need to talk about that. Yeah, they, they will. They will essentially topple government regimes because if they yep. don't, if they don't get in line with yeah, th- that's another topic. Economic hitman, and there's actually I've saw uh, Tesla? Ac- actual video footage of of people that were that does this that will go into a country and topple a government because he's not doing what uh, I guess what the central bank or whatever. Um, you know, the Fed, I don't know. It, it's it's a good topic. It definitely needs to be covered. Or we definitely need to get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. It's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, so a lot of crazy stuff in. this week. So what else we got on the docket? <clears throat> what's last, next? Well, last week, I don't know what's next. Yeah, Mike, do you know what's next? Uh, Next on the schedule, let me 
check really quick. I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but I have my computer right here. Hang on. Yeah, I don't either. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We're, whatever it is, we're going to figure I, it out. Look, we have we have booked conversations until March of 2026. Yeah. I mean, it's and, out and every day I think of something else. I think I just texted y'all something. Hey, we got to do this. Oh, yeah. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. How she's fake. And she stole all that information from Harry Potter from other authors. <sighs> Let's get to yeah, the I'm bottom of that. I'm excited to hear more about that. I hadn't heard of that before. So yeah, be it's interesting, interesting to, to say the least. So, yeah, um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. So well, yeah, I, we'll I just... know we got Bigfoot coming up because we got the Authenticator coming up. Mm. Uh, that's in uh, first week in November. I know we're recording that. So birds aren't real. Yep. Is that come? We should do a drone strike. We should. <laughs> we, For- <laughs> we should. We anyway, um, tune in next week. Uh, oh, don't forget to follow us on all our socials. If you go to Instagram, there's a link in our bio which will take you to all our social pages plus our podcast page. The easiest way and the one that's winning out right now is Spotify. It's the biggest thing going right now it's the biggest place anyway tune in next week and you might hear mike say i don't know dude don't put me on the spot like <laughs> <Wow>. that <laughs> you guys suck oh jason say money isn't real change my mind <laughs>